What's up, everybody? How's it going? And welcome to the sixth episode of Logger Room Talk. What's up, Hig? Happy Friday. Happy Friday. Welcome to the third edition of Friday Night Light Beers. I'm excited. What you got going on? Uh, Beer was. Oh, I was like, not too much. Just, <laughs> just, just quarantine, you know. <laughs> so I went with the Corona Light Beer. Uh, it's kind of like this. I don't know if you obviously you guys can't see it, but maybe we'll post a picture of it. It's their like tall, skinny, kind of like white claw type can, but um, it's good. It's super light, so I think you could, these are would be a good um, like summertime drinking beer. They taste like a Corona, so you don't really lose anything. But the 99 calories, which is nice. Man, it looks like you're missing the lime on that bad boy. Yeah. <laughs> what about you? I too went with the Corona. You guys can't see. <laughs> Maybe they'll sponsor us. Yeah. We've been keeping we've been keeping Golden Road and Corona in business right now. Yeah, uh, not the virus, the beer. <laughs> but um, <laughs> yeah, so I guess they released a a new line of seltzers to kind of compete with everyone else. You know, Bud Light has one. Obviously, White Claw, Truly, all those. Yeah, everyone has one now. Yeah, I wanted to do this one. It's a blackberry lime. So it's kind of kind of interesting, a little bit different than a lot of the flavors that everyone else has. I mean, they have your standard ones like mango and lime, but so does it taste like a Corona or is it more like a seltzer? It's definitely a seltzer. It's not much of a a beer, so to speak. So this is the first departure from that. Um, I was wondering if it'd be like a flavored beer, but it's more. No, like it's it's definitely a sensor, a seltzer. Excuse me, <laughs> a but a sensor censorship. Here it comes. Uh, no, but it does have a little bit more malty taste than like the White Claw, which me personally, I'm into, but I know some people when they go for seltzers, they're not, they don't want that. They want like something really, really clean. So it does taste a little more beer-ish than White Claw or Truly. And the Blackberry Lime's really good. It's kind of, I'm not a big raspberry fan on the White Claws. But it's got that same kind of berry start, but the lime finish kind of gives it a little, little spruce towards the end of the end of the drink. Does that one come in a variety pack, like the normal like oh, claw? Yeah, yeah, it comes in a four pack. It's like mango, cherry, and mango, cherry, lime, and blackberry lime. Hmm. So yeah, give it a try next time you're picking up some seltzers. I recommend it. Yeah, I'll give it a try. Sounds Let's good. start. Should we start? Scoring our beers. Yeah, that'd be sick. <laughs> what are, we, are we doing 10 scale, 5 scale? What that happen live? Let's go with 5 scale. I'll give this a... Uh, this is tough. Setting the standard for how good these beers are going to be. we got to track this. I'm going to give it a, a 2.9. Ooh, specific. Yeah, just very average. I'll give the Corona Light but... a 3.5. I'll drink it. Ooh. I liked it. So if you're a fan of Corona, I guess go their light beers, not their seltzers. Three point five. Yeah, dude. Putting this down in the records. <laughs> Gotta start keeping track of these bad boys. Did you mark me down? Yeah, I got you. Alright, clutch. Dude, who knows? Eventually we'll be like ninety beers deep. Won't even remember what we tasted. <laughs> the people need to know what to drink, Chris. Yeah. The people need to know. So right. some more some more NFL gun news happened today. <laughs> yeah, it seems like every Thursday, which is perfect for us. Yeah, works out well. Um, I don't know if you guys heard or not, but DeAndre Baker, the cornerback for the Giants, 
and Quentin Dunbar, the corner for I think he's on the Seahawks now. Seattle, yeah, he's on Seattle. Um, apparently, they both. It seemed like it was a party or something, but they held people at gunpoint and robbed them, and now are being charged for like first degree armed robbery and a bunch of yeah. Stuff. And DeAndre Baker's being charged with uh, aggravated assault. I guess he was telling the other guys like, "Yeah, shoot this guy." Oh my gosh! En- encouraging his accomplice to shoot some people. So. Every Thursday, man, there's been a lot of – first of all, maybe they were doing the right thing because we shouldn't be partying in quarantine. So maybe they're just trying to get everyone invited, to social distance. Invited people over and they're like, all right, you're getting shot. You shouldn't have come over. <laughs> yeah, you were – Joke's on you. They're, they're single-handedly flattening the curve right here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Taking it into their own hands. Taking them, I guess. Moving it. So speaking of robbery, let's uh, move into our segment for today candidates that are most likely to rob the favorites of this year's NFL awards. Yeah. So we will be going over MVP uh, sleeper picks, offensive rookie of the year, sleeper picks, defensive rookie of the year, sleeper picks and coach of the year, sleeper picks. Yeah. And before, before you guys jump on us with your favorite teams and favorite players that, that are always in the running, uh, we try to be guys with some deep sleepers just to make it a little more interesting. So for MVP, we actually picked, outside of the top 20 favorites and then for the rest of the awards we picked outside of the top 10 favorites just to keep it a little more interesting really test our test our analysis skills yeah so pretty much we want jets players for every pick yeah yeah those guys aren't finding their way into favorites anytime soon yeah unfortunately morgan denzel mims bryce hall and adam adam gase <laughs> yeah. yeah adam gase might get coach of the century yeah that's true all right, so let's start off with um, MVP sleeper. Hig, who do you have? I got Big D Carr. <laughs> um, we've seen him be really productive before. I know I kind of roasted him uh, in one of the last episodes, talking about how I was not an aggressive downfield passer. But kind of looking at it, it seems like the Raiders really want to start airing the ball out. I mean, they picked up Ruggs. They picked up Brian Edwards. They've got a pretty good O-line coming back, assuming Colton Miller can kind of take that next step. So um, he kind of rounds that out. they got Richie Incognito, Rodney Hudson, Trent Trent Brown. So, I mean, they've got some, some vets with some great – especially great pass blockers. And then another thing that I think will help Derek Carr is they added Lynn Bowden, who I really liked. Um, probably the most explosive player they have out of that backfield um i mean i know we didn't see josh jacobs get too involved in the in the passing game last year and what they have like jalen richardson or something before that so i mean yeah can kind of do it all so um i'm thinking they'll get him involved and i think based on these additions you know they really want to keep up with some of those other afc west offenses based on their draft and their offseason it doesn't seem like they're really trying to slow him down. I mean, taking rugs sends the message that, hey, you think Tyreek Hill can run? Watch this guy run, too. Yeah. My only, my only big counterpoint to uh, Derek Carr is he's, he's been in the league for eight years now or seven years now, and he just really hasn't hasn't gotten there. I feel like to win MVP, you're going to have to be that quarterback that hits 250, 300-yard games every, every single week, and I don't know. Yeah, I mean, especially with guys like Pat Mahomes now and yeah. Lamar Jackson. 
Um, but I do think Derek Carr is a great competitor. And, you know, he's going to have Marcus Mariota breathing down his neck. This guy got a huge contract extension for a reason. I mean, we've seen, like, big flashes from him where he's been really productive, especially that one season where he got hurt in week 16. <laughs> and the play the Raiders ended up kind of busting out of the playoffs without him. So, I mean, I'm thinking that, you know, just seeing what Gruden's doing with the team, I think it, it's either going to be MVP or bust for Derek Carr. I think if he doesn't put it together this season, he's going to be long gone. Yeah, I think he's getting cut if he doesn't. So, it's a good pick. I like it. What are, what are the odds for that one? Oh, the odds are at plus 8,000. So, 80 to 1. That's not bad. I also want to note real quick before your, your pick, last year – I don't know how much this says about my ability to pick them, but I was talking all summer about two players for MVP that were both plus 10,000, and it was Mitch Trubisky and Lamar Jackson. Yikes. <laughs> and unfortunately, I didn't place the Lamar Jackson bet, and luckily I didn't place the Mitch Trubisky bet either, but I was convinced one of the two the, those two guys was uh, were bringing it home, so maybe I'll hit this year. Yeah, that'd be nice. All right, I uh, I went with the Denver Broncos quarterback Drew Locke for MVP, uh, just based off of what they've done so far this off season. Uh, they really bolstered that offensive line, and um, they added Lloyd Cushenberry to center. They got Graham Glasgow at guard. They already have a pretty good tackle in Juwan James and Garrett Bowles, um, and then last year they drafted Dalton Risner. So I think their offensive line's pretty pretty legit, and I. I think um, Drew Locke showed flashes last year that he is the guy and can put up the big numbers. Um, he obviously didn't have the best receiving core last year, but so one other thing that they did in the draft was double down first round, second round at wide receiver. They got um, Jerry Judy and KJ Hamler. I think both those guys are big pad stat guys. I think KJ Hamler can do a lot with the ball in his hand. So, Yardage-wise, he could kind of give um, Drew Locke big-time yards each game. And then Jerry Judy is just an all-around player. He's going to pad stats in all categories. So I think um, all the additions they've made are going to help them out a lot. And then also they added a lot in the running game. they got Melvin Gordon. They've got Philip Lindsay who's kind of taking that feature back role, kind of taking a big step. Um, open or getting the run game going definitely opens up the passing game, which will help Drew Locke a lot. So, I was also reading that they really want to get Melvin Gordon involved in the passing game, um, given that that's not one of Philip Lindsay's strong suits. Right. So, yeah, they really want to get him involved. And also another addition, because I looked it up, I was like, man, what team did this guy land on? They got Albert O. They have two of the fastest tight ends in the Elephant league. And Albert O. You're right. Yeah, so they can really attack those seams. Uh, yeah. With Drew Locke's arm talent, I mean, I think he can put up big numbers. Yeah, and then they also have a pretty well-established defense who's going to be able to get the offense a lot of opportunities. So, um, I think as a sleeper pick, he's a pretty good option if you want to put five bucks down. I mean, five. He's an eight thousand to one or eighty to one favorite so, or underdog. So I think you put five bucks down, that gets you four hundred bucks. It's not bad. Yeah, not a bad return. Yeah. Check my math on that, Hig. Is that, is yeah, that correct? I was just checking the calculator. <laughs> I think it adds up. Yeah. Adds up to me. All right. Uh, offensive rookie of the year. 
Um, I went with Lynn Bowden Jr. I think it's Bowden. Is it Bowden or Bowden? I've I've heard it both ways. Okay. Oh, <laughs> I don't know, actually. I'll go Bowden. Sounds, sounds I think it's an O. I've heard Bowden, Bowden, Bowden. Yeah, well, I'll go Bowden. Um, he is a plus 15,000. So that means if you put $1 down, you can get a $150 return. Uh, the reason why I went with him is because he's the type of player who's going to find the field. He's got versatility. He can play running back. He can play quarterback. He can play wide receiver. Uh, and he's super flashy with the ball in his hands. So he's got big breakout potential. And I think he's going on a team where Jake Gruden – or not Jake Gruden. John Gruden's going to use him as much as he can. I think he's going to use the wild wildcat. He'll put him at running back and swing him out. He'll run a lot of screens with him. And he'll run in the slot a lot. Um, the other big thing is Josh Jacobs has a history of being injured. So if – Josh Jacobs does go down. I think Lynn Bowden steps in as the guy, which just gives him an even better chance of being offensive rookie of the year. Yeah, I mean, I think even if Josh Jacobs stays healthy, they're going to work to get this guy touched to just kind of reduce that wear on yeah, Josh Jacobs. And the way the Raiders have run their offense the last couple of years, even with Josh Jacobs and Murray and uh, their other running backs, they mix them up pretty well. They don't really pound the rock with one guy 40 times a game, so – He'll find the field for sure. Yeah, definitely. He can do it all. For offensive rookie, I have Cam Akers on the Rams at plus 5,000. Um, so not as hefty odds as, as yours. He was actually just outside the top 10, but I was looking at it, and I, I don't know. I couldn't go in another direction just because there's such an opening in that Rams offense to fill that hole that Todd Gurley left. And granted, I mean, they still have Daryl Henderson, who I think is a really talented back. But I think Cam Akers kind of does what they want to do a little more between the tackles. Um, he's got receiving chops. He's got decent power. Like, he can – he could really be that three-down back. Not that he will because I think the Rams are going to try and change the pace up a little bit. I'm expecting them to have a bounce-back year. We kind of talked about that on an earlier show. Um. You know, I think they kind of got figured out a little bit last year, but I'm sure with all this time in the quarantine that Sean McVay is cooking up some some serious playbook action uh, for this season. So I kind of predict them having a bounce back, and I think if Cam Akers can be the leading rusher on that team on what's already a very high-powered offense, um, I think if some of those early quarterbacks struggle a little bit, then he could creep his way up into the contention for offensive rookie of the year. Yeah, I was just going to add that if if and when, but probably more when, Jared Goff struggles, it's nice for the for um, Sean McVay to have a running back to lean on. And I think Cam Akers is going to be more so that guy than Daryl Henderson. Daryl Henderson's a nice change of pace back, but it, I don't really think he's a, a three-down back. So I think they need someone that they can lean on, kind of like they did with Todd Gurley when he was healthy. Um, they didn't really do it as much last year because – He's kind of had a bum knee most of the year. Um, but yes. I, think, I think it's a good pick. I think he's got a good chance of getting a lot of touches. Yeah, I think I think Cam Akers can kind of help get that offense back on track. You know, I think that's what they picked him to do. Todd Gurley's been hurt. They got not a replacement, but they got a cheap alternative who can step in and kind of take those carries, remain pretty healthy, you know. So I think they're pretty excited to to get him some touches. 
That's a good pick. Uh, who do you have for defensive rookie? For defensive rookie of the year, I have a, a player I really liked throughout the whole process. It's Yeter Gross Matos. Um, he's one of my favorite edge rushers in the draft. Let me look it up. I actually forgot to write down his odds. Let me look this up real quick. I have it up, though. Lucky me. Um, so, yeah, I mean, he's joining a Panthers defense that is going to give him plus five quite thousand. a bit. It's what, plus 5,000? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, he's coming to a defense that's just going to give him a lot of opportunity. I mean, it's kind of the same thing I was going over with Cam Akers. If you look at who he's playing alongside in, in that D-line, you have Kawan Short, Derek Brown, and Brian Burns. So he's almost the forgotten man on that defense who's going to be coming after the quarterback. I mean, you're going to have to give a lot of attention to D Brown coming up the middle. Kawan Short is no slouch. He's put up some productive years. And then Brian Burns really broke out down the stretch last year. So, I mean, you're really going to have to pick your poison with this one, right? And I think they're just going to let uh, Gross Matos get those one-on-one matchups where – you know, he's got really good speed off the snap and really good bend for an edge rusher. He's lengthy. He's athletic. He's kind of like – he reminded me, actually, of a, of a poor man's Brian Burns. So, it's kind of interesting that they'll be paired up. I think they'll really grow together, which will be good for the, the defense to have two young, talented pass rushers. And, I mean, sacks are king in the NFL. That's why – that's one of typically one of the biggest – um, stats for defensive rookie of the years um, or tackles. I mean, insane tackle numbers also are pretty noteworthy, but um, I think he's going to be a big impact player on that defense right away. Yeah, and another thing that, I mean, when you look for defensive rookie of the year, a lot of people just go, wow, he had eight sacks or he had 10 sacks. He should get it. And that's usually how it goes. Um, and yet he's a pretty big production guy. So I could see that happening. I think last year he had like nine sacks in college. Yeah, I mean, and he's been progressing a lot. Um, I think he was relatively new to football when he started college. So, I mean, he's only got a ton of room to grow, high upside player. So, if he starts putting it together, um, he could be scary. I mean, I know Chase Young's like the runaway favorite, but um, I think this guy's got a lot of potential to kind of steal that award right from under Chase Young's nose. Um. So it kind of touched on production, which is why I went with AJ Peneza at 4,000, plus 4,000 odds. He is the kind of like the hybrid defensive end, defensive tackle, outside linebacker position uh, on the Buffalo Bills. Uh, he kind of does it all. He's got good speed, good power, um, good moves, and that kind of led to his massive production in college. He had 26 and a half sacks over his three years in college and um i think big production like that translates well to the nfl because it just shows that you have the tenacity and like the hunger to get the sack um, i mean you, you also got to think those sacks too i mean he came from uh, a program that was really heavy on tradition and starting seniors so it, every year up until last season he was a very much a rotational defensive player yeah and i think that's that's one note that i have for here is he'll um He'll be entering into a defense where he probably won't start, but he'll get those rotational reps. And I think he'll come in on third down as an edge rusher or as a even a, an interior rusher just because he's more athletic than, like, Star Lutelli. 
Um, and the, they have Star Lutelli, Ed Oliver, Trent Murphy, and Jerry Hughes. So they got four pretty established um, defensive linemen. But on, on rushing downs, I think they'll definitely bring in AJ and um, that's when he gets his most production. So, yeah, I mean, I could definitely see him coming in for Trent Murphy. Yeah. Um, or, or star he, on the inside. Exactly. Get that, that sub package rush. I mean, I think he coming out of college, he was a really good technician and, you know, he was playing those big 10 O linemen that always get drafted pretty highly, probably like one of the best conferences for offensive linemen. Yeah, and he's a, he's a first-round talent. He's just He just fell in the draft because nobody really knew what kind of position he'd play in the NFL because he's kind of a tweener. He's like yeah. not super big to play defensive tackle. He's not super big to play inside in, a, in like a 3-4 defensive end. Uh, he's not super fast to play outside linebacker. So, but Yeah, I, I mean, he, he, he kind of reminds me of uh, Cameron Jordan a little bit. Yeah. You know, he's got great size and can really be that like strong side. DN defender who sets it against the run and comes in with that, those power rush moves that can be devastating. So, um, yeah, you remember how bummed I was that he didn't make it all the way down to the Jets pick. Yeah, that would have been such a steal. I was, I was yeah. under two, which is a huge steal. Yeah, I was ready to forego wide receiver if we could get AJ. Yeah. Yeah, so I, I think he'll uh, – I think at plus 4,000 is a pretty good odds. And then coach of the year – Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> um, for this one, I went back and forth from two guys. I went back between Matt Rule, head coach of the Panthers, and Brian Flores, head coach of the Dolphins. Um, I think both coaches have a really good shot at winning head coach of the year just because of the previous seasons that their teams have had. I ended up going with Matt Rule at plus 4,000. I think um, he's stepping into a, a team that was – super talented kind of died off and then was just mediocre because they had really good coaching. I think Ron Rivera is a really good coach. Um, and he was able to keep that team competitive. Now they, they've added some talent to the team. They've added a stable quarterback. They've added big pieces on the defense. Um, I think Matt rule is going to step in and have a pretty good opportunity to win a lot of games. They have Teddy Bridgewater is a pretty consistent quarterback. He's not going to like dice you and piece you up for like three fifty. But he's not going to turn the ball over a lot. And as long as Matt Rule can implement his defense um, and keep them in the game, I think he's got a pretty good shot at winning a lot of games. They also, I was just looking through their schedule, they have a ton of, uh, I don't want to say easy games, but um, they play the Falcons twice. They play the Lions, the Redskins, the Bears, the Raiders. Um, so they got a lot of winnable games. Um I looked at their strength of schedule and they're about middle of the pack. So if Matt Rule can win those, those tougher games, I think they have a good shot of having a pretty good record, which usually seals the deal for head coach. Yeah. I mean, that's that key set. Um, looking at my notes, I actually in, in gross Matos's notes, I actually wrote something that's going to help him is that high efficiency offense. That's kind of like what you're saying. I mean, Teddy B is probably not going to sling it down the field, but you know, he's got a lot of down or playmakers after the catch. Yeah. I'm kind of hopping in on this because <laughs> you swooped mine when we were talking about it. So I ended up picking a different coach. I was really hyped on Matt rule, but um, you got guys like Robbie Anderson, um, DJ Curtis Moore. Samuel. Yeah. Curtis Samuel, Christian McCaffrey, yeah. all those guys are going to make great plays after the catch. So I think this team could really be competitive this year. 
um, with the right circumstances. I think if some of these young guys step up on the defense, this is going to be a potential playoff contender, or at least someone in the race. <clears throat> so for my coach of the year, I actually have someone we talked about a lot on the show. I went with my boy Bill O'Brien. Uh, <laughs> no, I can't even do that with a straight face. Uh, yeah, that guy's – I think he was just – did a quick like run through my head. I'm like, how the hell would he win? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think he, maybe he's just trying to show off. He's like, watch, I can trade away all my good players and still win. Yeah. Um, <laughs> no, but I'm just kidding. I actually went with Zach Taylor. He's got plus 2,500 odds. Um, you know, he really struggled in his first year as head coach. But I got to admit, it's got to it's got to be hard not to struggle when Andy Dalton is your quarterback. You're really limited. Um, I think a lot of things are going to be working in the, the Bengals' fav- favor when they come back where they can really take a, a worst-to-first kind of step next year. Um, I think there's a lot of potential coming back. A healthy A.J. Green, um, John Ross was really starting to shine before he got injured. So if he can come back, um, Tyler Boyd's a consistent threat. And then you're adding T. Higgins to that, who's just a phenomenal red zone target. Um, hopefully they kind of get it together and get Joe Mixon involved. Last year they were number six in passing attempts, which, I mean, will definitely benefit Joe Burrow. That's why he's the favorite for rookie of the year. But, um, I mean, they were like number 25 in rushing attempts on the season. And when you have a back as talented as Joe Burrow, you got to get him more involved. Joe Mixon? Or, yeah, the back is talented as Joe Burrow. <laughs> Don't but, uh, <laughs> yeah, dude, who knows? He might be. He'll be ripping with his pants down, just like LSU. Um, but, yeah, I mean, and then you have Jonah Williams coming back, really shore up that offensive line. Um, this team, I, I don't know. I couldn't I couldn't get over it. They really have a lot of potential to go worst to first. That's. I kind of went back and forth with this one, like you did with Brian Flores. I'm a big fan of his as a coach. Um, he got a lot out of a really depleted roster last year, but I just couldn't get over. Um, we talked about the strength of schedule. The Dolphins have a pretty tough schedule. and uh, Bengals are sitting nice and pretty. Yeah, the Bengals do Six not have a tough schedule. So I think uh, I think they can really make some strides. So that's why I went with Zach Taylor over, over uh, Brian Flores. But yeah, I mean, let us let us know what your picks are, what your deep sleepers are, what bets are you guys making um, on these awards. You know, we want to hear from you. <laughs> see, see what deep sleepers you got. Another guy I would have liked to pick for defensive rookie of the years is Jabari. I know you think I'm way higher on him than you are. <laughs> You're like that dude is slow and lazy, but I just I, he's got so much upside. He has a ton of upside if he can just make it more consistent. We've talked about it before. Where yeah. When he, when he flies off the ball, it's like he sometimes he's like a whole good step in front of the tackle by the time the tackle's out of his snap, like stance. Yeah, I mean, it's almost like two different players sometimes. And with Jabari. Time, he's still in his three-point by the time. The <laughs> yeah, he's, the running backs pass him, and that dude's still in his stance. Like, Jabari, get out. And I don't know how much I get, like, how much of that is attributed to his – ankle injury and playing through pain and whatnot. I heard he played through pain in pretty much every game, so. Yeah, so I'm hoping he can he can ride the ship. I think there there's a lot of exciting young players. I think we're really starting to see that changing the guard. 
happen, you know, especially amongst these these quarterbacks. We're seeing guys like Tom Brady, Drew Brees go into what's what everyone's assuming is their last season. Yeah. And uh, even Rodgers, you know, they drafted Jordan Love, so they're not expecting him to be around too much longer. Mm-hmm. So it's really exciting to see these younger guys get involved. Um, and then, uh, unfortunately, in the next couple of years, we're going to be saying goodbye to a couple uh, really phenomenal defenders too, you know, like Von Miller, J.J. Watt. Um, those guys are all entering like their 30, 31 even, season. Even the way players are retiring right now, mid mid to late. Yeah. Late 20s, late 20s, early 30s, you know. So, yeah, there's a lot of potential out here for these young players, young coaches, too, to to really shine. Young GMs, hopefully Joe D starts shining sooner than later. Believe in him, too. Yeah. Uh, All right. Well, um, next Friday, we want to bring one of you guys on. Uh, We want to have some fun with some listeners and – We'll do a little call-in um, and get you guys in on our game. Hank, you want to break down the game real quick? Oh, I thought you were breaking down the game. No, I could break down the game. Oh, you want, yeah, you want to go for it? Yeah. So um, what we were thinking is we'll call someone in. We could we could probably do a couple people. I know I'll add like a handful of you guys reach out on Instagram um, who are interested in joining in on next week's podcast. So uh, we are thinking – we each get a list of players and we'll call it name that player. So we'll say name a defensive end on the Eagles and you have three seconds to name a player. If you don't, you take a sip and then we'll just keep going around. And then we'll say after you get six lives, basically after your six live or after six incorrect answers, you got to kill your drink. So that'll be a fun time. Uh, I know Higgy and I play a ton of Madden, so this game should be up rally. Um, yeah, hopefully. Yeah, we'll do a little – we'll ask them some more questions about the people who entered, and uh, we'll go from there. Yeah, let us know what you think about uh, our takes. Give us some of your own. would love to shout you out on the show. If you can come up with a with a player that, you know, we just did not even think of that seems super legit, let us know. I mean, we want to hear it. want to hear from you guys. We're out here doing the same thing you are, watching tape in our free time, waiting for sports to come back, drinking beer, having a good time. Give us a follow on Instagram. Keep listening to us. Hit that subscribe button. Share us with your friends. Give, give us your beer, beer recommendations. A give us a review on Apple Podcasts. We'd appreciate it. Yeah, no better time than now to pick a favorite podcast. So we're happy to have you listening. Get in <laughs> yeah. early on this podcast. <laughs> yeah, get in early. You could be one of the first, uh, what are we going to call our fan base? Do the brewskis. <laughs> the brewskis, that'd be cool. <laughs> the brewskis. All right, well, thanks for listening. Yeah. Thank you, guys. Thank you.